Welcome to episode 336, Selling on Socials with Sophia Parra. Sophia is one of my beautiful friends that I met as one of my masterminders, and she's a social media strategist, and she is so authentic in the way that she shows up online and the way that she sells that I have asked her to come on and share with us all the ins and outs when it comes to selling on socials. This conversation is absolutely fire. She goes on so many rants, but also shares so much value and breaks it down to make it super easy for you to implement. We talk all about the biggest mistakes that people make when selling on socials, why content is not king, why consistency is not a strategy and how to sell on socials without being icky or salesy or pushy. It's all about how to do it authentically and actually show that you care. There is so much gold in this episode and I cannot wait to introduce you to the beautiful Sophia. The Next Level Life podcast by Christine Corcoran is for all heart-centered entrepreneurs who want to up-level their mindset, motivation, and business to make a positive and meaningful impact in the world today. So if you love what you do and want to hear from inspiring thought leaders and successful business owners where we have real conversations and real connections, then this is for you. I want to assist you in finding the clarity and awareness you need to up-level your mindset, and set your soul on fire to take massive aligned action in your business so you can take your life to the next level. Ready to get started? Let's go. One of my favorite things to talk about is sales. But I think what's really important is that we get clear on what authentic sales is. And so I've asked my beautiful friend, Sophia, to come and join me on the podcast to talk all about selling on socials because I feel like she is so authentic in the way that she sells that it doesn't feel icky or salesy or anything like that. And it's one of the biggest things that honestly stops people from really sharing their gifts with the world. So thank you so much for joining me today, Sophia. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. This is my favorite topic ever. And with what we've already spoken about before we even hit record, I was like, oh my God, I should have recorded this already. So I'm sure this is going to be gold because there's so much, so much value that I'm sure that she's going to give. But just to get started, can you share with us a little bit about what you do and how you, what led you to do what you do now? Yeah. Wow. That's a story. I got to be honest. Um, So I started this actually as an actor. I was a TV actor in New York City. And I I mean, I wasn't like famous or anything like that, but like I was working and in order to pay the bills, I'm sure everyone's watched Friends or something like it, Joey, right? I was such a Joey, except I actually had like five day jobs. (laughs) So I was like running from audition to audition and I had so many jobs just to pay my rent. Um, I think the highest I ever got was I had five. I was like a dog walker, a nanny, a tutor. I was all this random stuff. My brain was like exploding with all the crap I had to do every day. And I was barely getting by. Like it wow. was ridiculous, right? So fast forward, my, my dad actually got sick with cancer. And uh, it turns out after, you know, a, a kind of a dramatic back and forth with an incorrect diagnosis, it turns out it was stage four cancer. So I hear my dad has stage four cancer and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, that means my dad's going to die in a month. Like I, I was just so overwhelmed with grief at the fact that my father, who, you know, who I saw as like the strongest, healthiest person I had ever met was very sick. And I basically, you know, my, I just thought my business plan was I need to make X amount of money in 30 days because my dad's dying and I want to be at his bedside. Like this was the vision I had in my head. Um, my mom's like, you know, you've always been really good at like marketing your acting jobs. Like, why don't you help people manage social media? I had no idea that was even a thing, but I put up some random posts and a bunch of people needed help with their social media. So I charged like some ridiculously low amount of money. Like I had no idea what I was doing, but I raised the amount of money I needed. I got to my dad. I stayed with him while he was getting some treatment. And basically I I never went back. I was like, wait a second, why am I struggling so hard when I could be doing this, right? So long story short, I became a social media manager at the time and I was continuing with acting, but I started to love building a business, building something that was my own more than the constant rejection inside of acting. Now I won't, the rejection has made me good at what I do. Right. So I don't regret those years, but it. but I, at a certain point was like, I am over this. 
I want to be, I want to build a business and I want to get serious about this. So I never, I never looked back from there and I evolved my business into now I, I don't call myself, well, I'm not a social media manager anymore, but I evolved into more of a social media strategist. Um, and I built a membership to, to help people, you know, whether they're from the ground up or from somewhere in the, you know, just trying to up level. I just, I wanted to help people dominate social media and feel confident in who they were and not all this pressure about growing and all this crap that you see on social media. I just wanted people, people to know how to show up so they could actually get clients on the platform. Mm, Love it. I feel like it's like a love hate relationship, isn't it? Like with socials, either people come to you going, I really want to love it, but I hate it. (laughs) Or they have an attitude towards marketing where they just like, they hate it or they get so consumed with it that they, I feel like it's almost like they're using it in a different way. Like, do you feel like when you started thinking about using it as a business tool, did your mindset shift in the way that you consider and how you show up in the platform? You know, I, I actually have gone through my own journey with social media and I will say it took me years to actually reach a healthy point, right? When I first started, I was helping people manage their social media, but I have to say I wasn't healthy about it, right? I, if you go back into my social media, you will see a ton of bikini photos of me just doing really shady stuff to like get engagement. I did all the crappy strategies, including follow and follow, like I was not at all healthy. I was buying into all of the stuff you see on social media too, which is actually why I feel so passionate about rejecting it and being, and being open about the fact that I did that stuff. Not many people know this. I mean, I share it on like podcasts and stuff like that, but I don't necessarily like post it everywhere, but I actually had guys. Oh gosh, this is so embarrassing. I actually had one of those agencies that did the like growth hacking, right? I actually started one of those, right? And I, when I, I mean, and I have to be honest, when I started it, it wasn't as shady as it is today. Like it was really a way to just get in front of people, right? And my clients were getting clients off of it. So I didn't understand the shade, right? And I think that's what sometimes happens, right? Like you get on trends of what's working and then some people come in and then they ruin it. Ruin (laughs) it, hundred (laughs) percent, yes. And I like, I, it took me a little bit to understand that it had turned into something that was shady. Right. But like, I, like you said, in the beginning, it was great. Like I had, people were making money off of it. So I didn't think anything of it. I grew it, grew it quite a bit. It turned into a huge part of my income. Um, and it was fantastic because it was very passive for me because once you set the strategy, it's a very, like, you just do the same thing every day and then you're done. It was actually quite as a business model. It was beautiful. (laughs) However, from a values perspective, I started to really feel guilty about it when, when, when things started changing, when it turned into spam more than relationship. Right. So when that happened, and again, it, it did take a little bit because I, I, the money was appealing and, and it was hard for me to, I think I, I resisted it a little bit. Also social media was so new at that time. You didn't really understand how bad it could really get, you know, if not yet anyway. So I, I kept going and, um, until, yeah, there was a point where I, I just really had to sit with like, wait a second, like people are getting spammed. People are getting bullied. There's these like random people using this strategy for like, just like Mm. stuff that I just don't want to be associated with. Like I am now ashamed telling people I have this agency that that is saying something to me, to me. Right. So I, I closed it down overnight. I refunded like the, the, everyone who had paid for that month. I refunded all of that money and I completely closed doors like overnight, which also meant I had to tell my husband, hi, um, yeah, like a third of our income is about to go away like that. <laughs> so like just a heads up. And he was totally supportive. There was no issues there. But for me, it was a big moment because it made it, it was the moment where I was like, I'm going to do this right. Mm. Like, and so I started working on myself, right? I had to really look at why, what, why was this even appealing? Why did I ball my eyes out after closing this down? Because, and it was because I was getting suddenly my engagement drops, right? Because all of my shady crap, right? Which was bringing inauthentic engagement and just inflating numbers was gone in a second. Mm -hmm. And I had to really understand why I was so addicted to the vanity metrics, right? 
I also had to get really honest with myself and realize that while yes, a lot of my, my, actually most of my clients were getting clients off of that shady strategy for a period. It ended towards the end. I had to realize that I actually wasn't right. I had to get really clear and say, okay, so in addition to these shady strategies, I'm posting bikini pics. Like I'm doing all this stuff just to get a lot of likes and a lot of, you know, high metrics and all this stuff, but it's not actually converting. So I'm sitting here calling myself a social media strategist, but is it actually just luck that these clients are getting, that are getting clients? But for me, myself, my content is not doing crap. It's not converting at all. Right. So that's when I had to a get to a point where I was okay with getting bad engagement and also understand how to convert quote unquote bad engagement. Right. I had to understand how, how to truly make money off of the platform. And that if I also, I'm a coach, right. If I, and as a coach, I want to actually help people that helping people is teaching them how to do it themselves versus just creating an agency saying, I'm going to do this for them. Right. So there was a lot of stuff that had to happen for me to, to change my ways and to really develop the skills that I had to. And part of that was a lot of inner work, to yeah. be honest, and, and, so to, and to worth from that. Yeah, it's so intertwined. And I think that I was chatting to a client, um, not a client, a friend of mine yesterday, and she has a multi-million dollar business, and she, which hasn't been necessarily online. And now she's pivoting and doing a lot of, actually becoming a personal brand online. And so she's been showing up online for maybe the last six to eight months. And we we're chatting about it yesterday. And she's like, Christine, like you don't understand, although I do understand that it's like (laughs) social media is so different. It literally brings up every fear, every doubt, like everything that you have, you hide, it's shown, it's up there. And and so it does trigger you in so many different ways. Like it's so connected to your self-worth. And I think like those vanity metrics, like if you were getting those dopamine kicks, right, that make you feel good every single time someone liked, someone followed, like all of that. That, and yeah. then you take that away and then you're like, well, what else is there? If people don't like me here, like, oh my God, like it yeah. actually starts to really trigger so much in a, <laughs> in a, yeah, you know, it's so true. And this is actually something that like when I work with people, cause sometimes people in my membership come to me because they struggle with things like consistency, let's say, right. So it's not even a vanity metric thing. It's that they can't actually get consistent. And I struggle with that too, because when I stopped getting the vanity metrics, I struggled to get consistent because I was quote unquote embarrassed mm-hmm. of my content, right? Cause I was like, no one likes what I, no one likes me. I turned this into a personal thing. Um, so that was something that I dealt, dealt with. So I really got the consistency thing. So something that I talk to my clients about a lot when they come to me and they're like, okay, I'm really inconsistent. Like I, it's just because social media takes so much time. It's just because it's, they have all these like quote unquote excuses around why they are inconsistent. But what I find out, find more than, more than, more than not, is that it's actually about, it's something inner that they're with. That's the reason they're struggling with inconsistency. Sometimes it's it more business related and it's that they don't know their ideal client well enough, right? They don't actually, they think they know their ideal client because my ideal client's me, guys, I'm sorry. But even if your ideal client's you, it doesn't mean that you know your ideal client. Like you really do have to. Yeah. And I take people through something that I call message mining, right? But like, it could be that, right? So the reason that they're not able to come up with ideas and get really clear on what they're saying or have it be palpable enough to pop off a page is because they actually don't know their audience well enough, right? And also they are resisting doing that work to get to know their audience because I think that freaks them out a bit because they're like, oh my God, I've built lead magnets. I've done all this stuff and I don't actually know my ideal client. Totally. Or it could be something completely different, like overthinking, you know what I mean? And then why are you overthinking? And oftentimes it'll lead back to, oh, because I'm not getting engagement. So this means that people don't like me and that's, and it can lead back to so many things, but it is so rarely just about social media. Yeah. Self-worth. Like, yeah, absolutely. It brings up so much and it even comes down to like, well, if it doesn't work, like what if it fails? Right. So then they actually just sit in that place of it's already failing. (laughs) Right. And instead of actually going after it, it's so interesting, but yeah, you're right. It does bring up so much. So I'd love for you to, if you can like, think about what are some of the, those biggest lessons that you had to go through to get to where you are now? Because I feel like you show up so authentically now and you sell really authentically. What were those big lessons? Obviously, you know, 
touching base on your values and obviously then dealing, doing your own inner work, but what were some of the big ones that you can share? Um, I think the one that pops into my head first, actually, and this was around, sometimes when I tell my story, it sounds like such a soap opera, but my, my husband, after my dad got cancer, he had a stroke and uh, he lost his short-term memory for six months. And during that period, especially, but my dad was still kind of overcoming cancer and then, and then my husband, and there was just so much going on. And I remember one of the things that I really had to, to learn and to stick with is that content should not take, you should not take hours to create one post, right? The amount of time you spend on content is not what will make it perform, right? The message, how palpable it is, all that stuff, that is what makes it perform. And that takes consistency, data, refining, like that takes, that is what it takes for something to perform well, not how much time you spend on a post. So for me, the number one thing I learned, I do not let myself spend more than 30 minutes on a post. And if it becomes 30 minutes, it is too freaking long, right? For me, it's like a 15 minute type of thing. That's the goal. But I will put a timer on my phone as I'm creating content. And if it goes off at 30 minutes, whatever it looks like, it goes up. Wow. It is done. I love Because that. after that point, after that point, I'm overthinking, right? Yes. There, the ROI is not there after, there, after that, right? Yes. So for me, time has been a huge thing. The other thing is, it is, I had to understand that it is actually not the content that converts, right? Content serves a job. Content is important. I am not saying that, but I cannot stand when people say content is king. Like if I think when people say content is king, this feeds into overthinking, right? Because if content is king, people, that's why people are spending so much time on it because it's king. We have to make the king the best, right? That's how like our logic works, right? But it's not relationship is king. If you are not building relationships, you are not converting. I I like to say like engagement strategies is what makes your content work. But if you are posting content without the engagement strategies, you're probably not converting or you're not converting often enough for it to be worth your time. And that's when people are like, oh man, social media is such a time suck, such a waste of time. And that's when I start, I'm like, okay, how long are you spending on your content? How often are you engaging? And then I find out they're spending hours on their content and they're not engaging. No wonder they're not seeing the ROI. Right. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. So yeah. I love how you then talk about, cause I've seen you talk about this before around the consistency is not a strategy at all. Right. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, that's another, I fucking hate that one. Yeah. <laughs> but it's interesting though, because I feel like it's something that you obviously need to be seen, right? Visibility is really important because if you're not visible, then people don't yeah. know that you can, that can work with you. Right. So it's like, we've got to have some element of consistency, but it's not about relying on that to create the conversion. Is that what you're saying? So, oh, that's, I'm so glad that you asked this. Yeah. So what I mean by that, when I say consistency is not a strategy, I'm really speaking to the people that come to me and they're saying, gosh, Sophia, I post every single day, but I'm not growing. And then I'm saying consistent or consistent content is not a strategy, right? It's not a strategy for growth. And then people say, I post every single day, but I'm not selling. Consistent content is not a strategy for sales. I blah, blah, blah. Like that's, that's what I mean by consistency, right? Consistent content specifically. Right. Yeah. Um, however, you're right that you, to get results with anything, you, you do have to be consistent, but you have to understand that the consistent part isn't the strategy, right? Just doing the thing isn't the fucking strategy, yeah. right? Showing it's kind of my mommy's crap every single day consistently. And it's still obviously not going to work. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like what you do need to be consistent about is sure. Let's, uh, let's just say, and the other thing I say is consistency is not daily, right? That doesn't have to mean daily. Right. Yeah, so let's good. just say you're someone who, and this was me for years. Like I didn't have a membership or of course I was working one-on-one with people. So I needed like four or five clients a year, right? Like at that, if that was it, I was making the money I wanted. That's all I needed. So I didn't need to work a ton on growing my email list. I didn't need to work a ton on even sales DMs or things like that because I just needed that four or five a year, right? So with that, I actually was like, okay, so to get that four or five, I I do need to post consistently, but that for me means twice a week, 
right? That, so I consistently posted twice a week and I employed engagement strategy, like probably four to five days a week for 15 minutes a day, right? That, those were the strategies, the engagement strategies, the consistency was my accountability, but I had to understand that just showing up every day is not the freaking strategy, right? It's the action that's, that I am doing. That is the strategy. So if something's not working, it's probably not the fault of consistency. It's the fault of the strategy. And then we just need to refine, right? Mm -hmm. So that, so for me, it's like, that's where you look at your numbers also consistently and you pull back from there. Right. And you're like, okay, so this is working, but then I get to this point, this part is, this is where I'm losing people. So how can I refine this and update this? Right. That's the work we need to be doing on a consistent basis. It's not necessarily about content every day. It's about the relationship that you're building and, and where it's falling off and where it's strengthening, right? That's what we need to understand so we can continue to build systems around that. Yeah, love it. I think that, yeah, people can get so caught up in that word, just having it to be consistent, but it's so much else that goes into play. And I think that like, you're so right. Like that obviously some people don't really know their ideal client. And I also feel like that's an evolution. Like, I feel like the more you create more content around it, the clearer you get on the message, you get more feedback, you get more results to actually more data to actually see what's actually working. And I think that's one of the biggest things that's been my biggest lesson in the journey of it is literally going honing more and more into who my ideal client is and what's important to her and what she wants to see and making sure that I'm showing up in that space. I think it's super, super important. I feel like I would love for you to talk a little bit more about say, what are some of the things that you focus on when it comes to building those relationships, right? So you say like, yes, we want to obviously set aside some time that you're creating that strategy to focus on the relationship building and connecting. Can you share a little bit more tangible about what it is that that, what that looks like? Yeah. And I will say like, like it can honestly look different for anyone, right? Because it depends for me. I like to like, where are your strengths and like, let's build our system around where, for example, what we were talking about before we even started is like some people aren't good selling in the DMs. Like they, they get awkward in the DMs. Like I can think of one friend of mine actually, and her DMs look like she's angry at you, right? Like it's just like she cannot have a conversation over the DM without looking, sounding like she's so freaking pissed at you. So for her, even though she's not a business owner, but I always joke, I'm like, you could not sell the DMs. Like <laughs> you would need a different strategy or you need to work on that, right? So it's like, Play to your strengths, right? So for, for me, um, and I'll actually back up even further than this, but I just wanted to say that before I forget it. Like if you are good selling on the phone and you're like, uh, like, sorry about that. That's my computer. Um, if you are good selling on the phone, like if you're, if how you work is you have discovery calls, you have a high conversion rate and that's working really well for you. Use your DMs to get people on the phone, right? You don't have to, like selling in the DM isn't necessarily about, you don't always have to make the sale in the DM. It just means that you're creating strong enough leads that you can lead them to conversion, right? So I just want to say like, yeah, this can look different for anyone, depending on what your strengths are. So as you listen to this, like, keep that in mind, right? Just because what I, what works for me, it doesn't mean that it's going to work for you. You have to be open-minded about that. Um, so to get, to kind of pull this back a little bit, the first thing you do, you're so right. You have to be clear about what the heck people want. And you also have to be bold enough in sharing that you can help people get there, because this is something that I think people get nervous about, right? They, and I did this too. I could not for the life of me post social proof on my social media, like testimonials, people being happy about the work, like the results. I could not share that on social media because I felt like such a braggy person. I felt like a know-it-all. Like I had all these stories about what that meant. Right. And I think that also got in the way of, I actually think that I did know my ideal client for a few, for years, but I didn't, I wasn't sharing the right content because I felt like me saying, I help you get clients was too, bold or too strong or whatever. Like I was scared to do that. Cause I was like, Oh, well, what if it doesn't work? What if it, like, there's all these things that kept coming up in my head when I finally got over that, it was actually because one of the members that I had, um, I was still not doing that. I was like, had like a few little members and I was not telling them, I help you get clients. I think I was saying, I help you be confident on social media, which is fine. Like 
being confident on social media is worth something. However, it wasn't breaking the noise because the reason people wanted to be confident on social media is because they wanted to get freaking clients. And I couldn't <laughs> own that. Like I couldn't just say, all right, guys, that's what we're doing here. Like, yeah, you're going to be confident, but more importantly, we're going to freaking convert on this thing. I couldn't say that. But this one member, she came to me and she got a client. And I have to say, when I met this person, I judged her so hard. And this is something I had to learn. I was just like, there's no way this chick is going to convert. And I'm going to look like the bad coach. That is the story I was telling in my head. She ended up converting so freaking well again and again and again. And, and, and she kept thanking me for, for helping her just show up as herself. And she was just like, she's like, I'm finally like, just, I feel free on the platform and I'm converting. And that's when I freaking realized I have no freaking right to judge, like to, to assume that just because like, like, you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what, I think I was like all the story, the years of me not converting because I was posting bikini pics was like crowding my judgment here. Right. But I have no reason to assume that someone else can't take what I'm teaching them and turn that into gold. Right. Like I don't have, I don't have that right. And that's also just so unfair. You know what I mean? So when that happened, that's when I was like, all right, I'm going to be super freaking clear about what we are doing here. So step one, be so freaking clear about what you are giving people here. Stop shying away from this. Just like post a testimonial once a week, share social proof, like be bold about what the heck you are doing. People have to go to your page and be like, oh, this is it. why this person fits in my feed. This is why I need to follow this person. And if you are just like hiding around like fluffy language, you're not helping anyone, especially yeah. not your clients. So oh, the first so like true. So true. Honestly, like I had this example literally today where I have um, someone taking care of my, uh, some of my ads and she sent me through some copy and sent me through some images that she created of, of what she's going to put out there for my ads. And it's for a new, um, a new resource that I'm sharing and it's all about money mindset. Right. And she had used the terminology of like to have more abundance in your life. And I was like, hmm, that's a bit fluffy. <laughs> and I was like, I actually rewrote yeah. it as like, more clients, more money, and more opportunities. Like direct to the point, like tell them what they're going to get from this, right? Like, and I think we get so caught up in so much of the fluff language, especially in the coaching industry. And if your client is not in the coaching industry, yeah. they don't have a clue of what you're talking yeah. about, right? Oh, I think yes. We get so far beyond, like I think because we've also had the transformation too, and I was telling another client about this yeah. the other day, like, that you have to go meet them where they're at. And if you're talking where you're at or already yeah, have the transformation totally. of the transformation they want, they're sitting over here going, you look so completely out of alignment with where I'm at right now. You've got no idea how I feel. It's just not community. It's not connecting. Right. Yeah. A hundred percent, 155,000 percent. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's and like clarity. I always say like, be clear, not clever. Like, because I, I noticed that, especially in bios and bios is a big place where this needs to be clear. Right. People will say like, I help you live a fulfilled life or something. And I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> But it's like, if people are, if people have to ask what that means, it is not freaking clear enough. Use fourth yeah. grade language. That's like my rule, right? If a fourth grader doesn't get it, it's not going on your social media. That the end, <laughs> right? I'm literally but, sitting here going, what does it say on my bio? Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. I laugh if it says, I hope you want to fill my first I'm sure it does it not doesn't. do that. <laughs> But I mean, mine for the longest time said like, I, like something, like I said, confidence on social media, which like some people might argue that's specific, but I'm like, no, it's not specific enough. It's way too freaking fluffy. Like what, like we, there is an end result that people want talk to that. You know what I mean? And again, yeah. people might be saying, but I can't guarantee results. That's not what you're doing. Like I say, I help coaches get clients on social media. Look, there's a lot of reasons why like what you promise people could not happen. That has nothing to do with you. Your responsibility sure. is to give them the tools they need to get there, right? That is what you are doing here. So it's not about guaranteeing results here. You help people get what? That is what you're promising. And if you show up to help them do that, you're, you're good. Your side of the street is clean. They have to do the work too. Yeah. You've delivered the value. Yeah. Yeah. 
Love that. Love that. So, so important. I think it's one of the biggest crutches that stops people, right? They're like, well, I, I don't want to promise this just in case I can't deliver that. But like there is two people yeah. that part of the journey, right? It's oh. not just all on you. So good. So what are some of the biggest mistakes you see people make mm. when selling on socials? Um, oh, okay. This is a big one. So, well, first of all, and I can give more specific examples on this, but the engagement thing is a big one, but I'll talk about that after this. The, the first, the first number one thing I think People go into um, sales DMs feeling like, like, oh my God, like, okay, this is going to be a sales DM, right? So, so I'm going to do this and this is the, this is the formula. This is the template. And then, then after the third message, I'm going to pitch them a sale, right? They go into it without thinking that this is just a normal <laughs> freaking conversation, right? So for me, I think when people are selling on social media, they are going at it with the intention of making a sale versus the intention of having a conversation, right? For me, something that I say to people constantly, and this is something I said before we started recording as well, is 100% of the sales I make on social media are because I genuinely want to help people, right? That means sometimes a quote unquote sales conversation leads to me handing them a lead magnet not an offer because I can just feel it ain't right. They're not ready for that. Maybe there's a bunch of excuses. I need to help. If I'm going to truly help them, the, the, they need to take action. Actually, this is my own personal. I've observed this with my people. They need to take action on social media before they make an investment because they need to prove to themselves that they can do it. And I know that I've de designed lead magnets because I designed lead mag magnets with that in mind. Like what's going to help them build the confidence enough, take that action. Like what do they need to feel in order to invest in me? Right. So I've built lead magnets around that concept. So with that in mind, when I'm selling to someone, sometimes I can get a sense they are not ready for this membership yet. They need to build some confidence. They need to take some action to feel like they can do it before the next phase. So instead a sales conversation could lead to me handing them a lead magnet and saying, ah, I hear you. This is seriously going to help you take action. It's going to help you build that confidence. Let me follow up with you in a week and see how you're doing. But for now, just tap this link. It's all yours. And I cannot wait to see what you create, right? So now we have an actual relationship. We have, we have, there is a fan that I have just created because A, she feels safe with me. Wow, this chick isn't just here to sell to me. She's actually like wants to help me, right? And B, like she's on my email list, right? So worst case scenario, she never talks to me again. Guess what? She's receiving my emails every freaking week until she unsubscribes. And my emails are good. So I know she's going to be happy, right? <laughs> so for me, like 100% of my sales are because I actually want to help people. Go in with the intention of having a real conversation that where someone's going to feel helped by the end of it. Whether that means you make a sale or not, like, a relationship can convert later. It doesn't have to convert in that moment, right? So I think Love it. that's the number one thing. Should I talk about like how those conversations are started? Would that be helpful? Yeah, I think I think definitely. I just want to add to that though, because I feel yeah. like it's honestly, it needs to land. Like I think it's a lot of the time people get so awkward in that situation that, that they either don't do it or they yeah. don't know what they want to do with that. <laughs> and yeah. I think that even like, I like to think of it like I was saying to someone the other day, like if you were just talking to a friend that was having this problem, how would you talk to them? Like, totally. I feel like I, that's what my strategy for emails, because I feel like I get like that in on my emails. When I'm thinking about writing an email, I go into professional head from my back in my corporate days where I'm like, good afternoon, you know, <laughs> you're well. like it just makes me go, okay, if this was a friend, and she was experiencing yeah. this problem or, you know, she, how would I talk to her? What would I say to yeah. her? Right. Rather than actually getting caught up in thinking that it has to be a sales DM. And I think that that's actually how you build the community, right? It's how you build the relationships, by actually caring. And I think it's also a really great way to know what your people need. So you can create some really good legions. Like how good is that? A hundred percent, you know, and this is, this is why, why I actually think engagement strategy is so important. And people, again, going back to the same thing that we're talking about, people need to get over thinking engagement strategy is just about making sales. Like, like I said earlier, engagement strategy is about building relationships, right? Whether it converts tomorrow or a week from now or seven years from now, it will, no one will convert if they don't trust you. 
So you have to show up with genuine intention to help someone to, to my metric for success is every single day. I have to have one genuine conversation with someone, right? Like one conversation where I help someone. It's not about, this is why the whole engagement and follower thing changed for me. That's when I, cause I was like, I noticed I needed a, a metric, right? I was like so addicted to metrics. So one of the healing that I did for myself was like, okay, what metric do I need then? Right. And that is that I, I don't feel tremendous comparison. So if I, by the end of the day, if I feel like, okay, I didn't feel like jealous or insecure after looking at someone's account today, like that's a, that's a positive metric for me. And the other one was that I have a true helpful conversation with someone. So at the end of the day, I feel complete and whole and happy with my social media. If I feel those two things, not in comparison and that I actually help someone. And, and that's, for me, I'm like, great. Now I feel good on social media oh, today, so right? So much better than thinking and you have to get this many likes or this many followers or all of that crap or have to get exhausting. a sale. And, but I love how you've just yeah. said, like, you know, recognize that it's the long game, right? Like if you're in the headspace yeah. of like, I've got to convert this week, I've got to convert this week, then you're going out with the wrong intention and people are going to feel that yes. energy. And the amount of times that I've had clients come back to me months and years later that they're like, now is the right time. There's just something that you said on that piece of content that they then reached out and went, you know, we, we, but it was also always, always that I've had conversations with them either in person or in the DMS months earlier about something else where I've not sold anything like not sold yeah. anything, just had an actual real conversation with someone that you're right. They feel safe with you. And then the, the content supports the relationship along the way and then they are ready, right? And I think that, like I even had someone sign up to my most recent program and she she has been following me for three years and I didn't even know, like I don't think I've had real conversations with her other than seeing her at an event and having a real conversation, right? It was so random that I was just like, where did you find me from? I, you look familiar, but, <laughs> and it's so, I, but I love that you said that, look, if we play the long game and take the pressure off ourselves and, if you're finding yourself getting caught up in that space, honestly, it's the scarcity mindset that's causing you to be in that space because you're literally like, I've got to make a sale now. Whereas if you shift it, shift the metric, right? Like you just said, shift it to go, let's just have a really good conversation and everything can lead from there. I just love that. A hundred percent. And sometimes like, sometimes the conversation, because sometimes I'm like, oh, I didn't post today. Like something happened in my life. I got really freaking busy. I'm only posting twice a, a week right now. Like what, you know, when like the war in Ukraine happens, like I, I wasn't feeling it. You know what I mean? Like I just couldn't, it just didn't feel right posting. I was still active with engagement, but I just wasn't posting content. So some of that natural conversation wasn't happening. So I had to, in order to fulfill my metric, like I had to come up with other ways to create conversation. Because like I said, like I have a 15 minute goal for myself. Like I show up to engage and that's when I have my one conversation, right? And so for me, like I show up to create engagement. I do not wait for engagement. I'm not, this is not just about responding to comments or DMs. I am creating it. And one thing, a great way to help people is if you, let's say you get a new follower, right? Like I like to welcome new followers. And I say something along the lines of, hi, my name is Sophia. I am a social media strategist and I help coaches get clients on social media. I want to make sure I'm creating content that's going to knock your socks off. So can you tell me which one sounds like you? A, I post all the time, but I get no clients. B, I struggle with posting. I'm super inconsistent, but I'd like to change that. C, I freaking hate social media. What is this bullshit? D, all of the above, like whatever it is, right? But what ends up happening is each one, I have a recommendation. So if they say E, they are perfect for my lead magnet. I have a lead magnet called 12 strategies to get clients on social media. If they say B, they are perfect for my membership, right? Whatever it is, or R, I also have another lead magnet, right? But the point is in that conversation, I can get a sense of where they're at, right? And if they select a lead magnet, I can say, oh my gosh, this is so great because I actually have a free PDF that's going to give you 12 strategies to help you get a client on social media. Do you want me to send you the link? Boom. Relationship built. They're like, damn, this girl's really helpful. And I have a new email subscriber, right? If they say an option, let's say you're a beginning coach or you're, you don't have maybe a ton of lead magnets. Like I have so many lead magnets. <laughs> let's say you're not like that, right? It's great for, let's say they said D and they said something random like, oh, I, I want to grow, but like nothing seems to work. Let's say I didn't have a lead magnet for that. I do, but let's say I didn't, right? 
I would say something along the lines of, okay, I have this noted. Um, I know this is something people really struggle with. I'm going to create something for you and let me get back to you. And then the next few weeks, I'll probably put out a carousel about growth or a post about growth or something where I speak to it. And I'm going to DM it to that person. I'm going to say, Hey girl, or Hey guy, or Hey, whoever you are. Right? Um, I thought of you when I was creating this, I know this is something you struggled with. Let me know if it's helpful. Right. And now again, nice. relationship, but for me, my conversions on my email list. So for me, I know my, like, actually I should correct that. My biggest conversion is actually on social media, but second to that, because I'm already working that it's on my email list. So it's good for me if they're in both places. Right. So for me, I'll say something, she'll respond and she'll say, oh my gosh, I can't believe you remembered. Thank you so much for this, right? And I'll say, no problem. You know what? I actually share stuff like this on my email list all the time. Do you want me to add you? No pressure, but I just know I, I'll give you a tip every week. That's probably helpful if this was helpful. And she'll nine times out of 10 say, yes, please. And now again, I've used the DM, probably spent a total of what? Two minutes when we look at the back and forth, right? She's, we've built a relationship. She's on my list and we have this foundation so that I'm actually building a profitable presence. And what I will do is one step further. I do, I do, I'm a little, I want to help people so badly <laughs> that what I start to do, but I have a really bad memory, a horrible, horrible memory. So I actually have a spreadsheet where when I have conversations like this, every Friday, I update my spreadsheet so I don't lose people. And I write their handle, what we talked about, things like that, right? And what I will actually do is during a launch, if I have a webinar or something, I will go down that list and say, hey, I remember we had a conversation about growth and you really struggled with this. I'm actually having a webinar next week where I'm going to share X about growth. Let me know if you want the link, right? And I'll go down my list and address all these conversations I had. And literally, I don't think I've ever had someone respond anything other than, whoa, <laughs> like, I can't believe you remember that conversation. I'm so grateful for this. Please, please, please send me the link. And that is how the majority of my membership was built just through that conversation. Wow. I'm so glad you shared that because I literally, my next question was like, how the hell do you manage yeah. this? Because I honestly, like, I'm the same memory shocking and I'm like, I'll have amazing conversations with people in DMs and then I lose the DM. Like, I'm literally like, yeah. who was that with? That like, it's like, what the hell? Like, so you, you spreadsheet it. Oh my God. Yeah. That's I, I, I update it. Honestly, it's, it's a lifesaver. I call this my launch spreadsheet actually, because even though I don't launch anymore, I, I sell evergreen. But in my opinion, you're, if you're a business owner, you're kind of always in a launch because you're always building relationships or you should be. If you're not thinking of it that way, you're either in launch or launch prep, right? But as an evergreen person who can yeah. sell at any point, you're always in a launch. And that's not to exhaust you. That's to make it clear that these have to be habits, right? So every Friday, yeah. I add people to my launch spreadsheet. And, um, and when I'm in the middle of a conversation, like let's say I, I intend to respond to someone tomorrow or like. This is, it's kind of like we're still in the middle of it, but I don't want to lose their DM. You know how Instagram separates inboxes between primary and general? And primary is the default, but you can move people into general. So if you go into my inbox, my general is all my active conversations and my primary is just the default, right? So when people message me, if I'm in the middle of a conversation, they haven't responded or I want to remind myself to get back to them. I will file them into my general and mark them as unread so that during my engagement, 15 minutes, I'll go in there. That's the first thing I do. I re respond to those DMs so that people don't feel like they're left hanging. Mm -hmm. I'm not perfect. I have lost people still, even with my systems, because like sometimes my husband also works for Peloton. So sometimes I get like a lot of random people being like, I love your husband. And I'm like, great. <laughs> so there's a lot of that I have to like work through, but it helps. Like at a, at a number five. <laughs> Do you love my husband? I should totally <laughs> actually add that to the welcome DM. <laughs> so I need to ask then, because I think it's something that a lot of people really struggle with is the amount of time you spend on socials. By the sounds of it, you've got some really good boundaries in place. So do you want to share with us what happened that caused you to then set those boundaries and how do you manage that? How do you have that discipline? Yeah. So the big, the big thing for me was just all the, the stuff that randomly happened in that five-year span where my, my dad had cancer. My husband had a stroke. 
we moved to an international, like I moved from New York city to London. My mom had cancer at the same time that my dad had cancer. Actually, she's okay. But my dad did end up passing. Um, during COVID I moved in with my dad and took care of him, care of him for three months. Well, my husband who was going through some after effects from his stroke was living with my mom because they are divorced was living with my mom about, I think five hours away with our dogs because our, we were like evacuated out of our apartment because of COVID. So there was just like the last five years when I think about it has been just insane. And as a person who has a social media business, I felt a lot of pressure to be consistent, right? To be present on the platform, but I just didn't feel like I had the time for it. You know what I mean? It, it's where I made money. So I, I did have to make the time, but I was also like, I just, I didn't have the mental bandwidth, right? So I have to say, I actually did post very little in the last like few, I mean, I definitely picked up in the last year, but like when this was all going on, I post very little, like probably once a week, right? I was active on stories, but, but once a week on my, on my Instagram. And I have to say, because I had built that foundation of content and because I was consistent with my engagement, 15 minutes a day, it did not matter. I still made money because I still built relationships. I feel better now being more consistent with content. But like you said, I have very strict boundaries on how much time I invest in the platform because A, I know that engagement is the most important thing. So if I'm going to spend any extra time on anything, it's engagement, not fucking content. So that's the first thing, right? And I'm super clear about that. Um, I also have, I do have, my mem membership does create social media templates. So I use the resources I have. Like, this is the other thing I notice a lot of people do. They invest in these resources, but they don't use them. They just still think, oh no, I should, like, it's not going to work for me today. Or I should really be doing that. Like they keep telling themselves like, all these reasons to not just fucking show up. So for me, if I am just saying that to myself, I'm like, fuck this. I'm going to go into my folder. I'm going to get a post that I've already created a year ago that no one fucking remembers. And I'm going to repost that right now because today the time is tight, right? So I have also, in addition to those boundaries, I've also said to myself, I call myself out of my shit. If I'm telling myself these bullshit stories about time, about why it's not going to work for me today, about what people are going to think, I'm like, that is the exact reason why I should be cutting corners today, like reposting a post that I posted a year ago or using a template I have that I keep thinking is not good enough. Fuck that shit. It's fine. It goes up. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's like, use the resources you have, cut, call yourself out on your shit. Do not spend more than 30 minutes on a post and remember engagement relationship building is king, not content. So if you're going to spend any extra time on anything, spend it on that. Even if that means you are not going to post today, then do your engagement. Oh, I feel so called out right now. <laughs> actually one other thing because this is on the days that I feel like oh my god I have no time to post today right I absolutely do have time to go on my Instagram story and ask some kind of a question like which is most important to you today followers or clients right and all the people that vote clients they get a DM with my lead magnet sharing that all the people who vote followers we can have a conversation about why that is and I can coach them through you know, like helping them with that or directing them to, you know what, I'm going to be honest. I don't think it's followers you want. I think it's clients and I can help you with that. So I can, you can do a story where you ask a fucking question to have conversations Love that it. day. So just remember content, content is content, whether it's an Instagram story poll to start a conversation or it's a beautiful carousel. If you do not have time for the carousel, then do the easier choice. Right. I'm not saying to, to post crap. I do want you to balance this all out with quality content. But if you can only, if your husband has short-term memory loss and is in the hospital getting heart surgery, which is what I had, right. I, I had to give myself permission. I had to know it was not myself making up excuses. I was going through something. It's not forever. It's for right now. And this is how I'm going to manage it. Right but come up with the plan, right? Stick to the plan and know when you are creating excuses and when you actually do need to give yourself grace. Oh, so good. So many good lessons in that, literally that little rant. Like, honestly, that was, that was, that was, that was, that was like, wow, I'm, <laughs> I'm on it. Um, 
Okay, couple of a couple of little questions that I wanted to touch on with what you just said there. So one, what do you do if people aren't responding to your polls or your question boxes in your stories? Okay, so this can be a few different things. This could be the what you're asking isn't palpable enough. It's not being clear, it's not clear enough, right? For the longest time, I was asking questions about confidence and not clients, and it was not really converting for me because I wasn't using the right language. I wasn't using what my, the language my clients wanted to hear from me. Right. So be, be mindful of the question you're asking. Maybe you're, if you're offering a lead magnet, sometimes the lead magnet's not juicy enough. This is all data, right? Vanity metrics, all that stuff, engagement, right? It's nothing to take personal. It's fucking data. So use it as that, right? So maybe you need to address that. But the other thing is you could need to grow right? It could be possible that you are not getting enough traffic onto your page, in which case that's also data, but it means your strategies, you need to be looking at getting in front of new audiences, right? Getting new people to your, to your page. And when I ask people about this, I often find that this is where the consistency is on strategy thing comes up. They're like, oh, but I post every single day. I'm just not growing. Dude, stop. Like that your consistent content's not getting in front of new audiences unless you are putting it there. So are you building relationships with people where you guys are sharing each other's stuff? Are you, are you pitching like to a friend with a like-minded audience, like where she's going to share your lead magnet with her audience one week, and then you're going to share her lead magnet with your audience another week? Like, are you being active enough on your, inst- on your email list and directing people back to your social media? Are you pitching yourself to podcasts, to summits? Are you creating your own freaking summit? Like if you are not getting any traction whatsoever, but your engagement for the size of your following is like fine. Do you know what I mean? That is a clear, clear freaking sign that you need to get in front of new audiences. And that requires a whole, that requires different kind of work, right? So that's where you need to be focusing at least 50% of your energy in 2022, if that's the case. Or even creating like more shareable content as well. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. But then sometimes it's still not getting shared. Right. And that will often be because you just, just need to bring more people, like more people need to see it. Right. Reels is another one. That's a look at your insights. In fact, look at your insights and look at what content is being seen by followers and non-followers. Cause it's really freaking clear when I look at mine, like when I look at my reels, like 90% of the reach on my reels is people that don't follow me. So for me, if growth was my top priority right now, and it's not, but if it was, I would be doing a reel a day because my insights tell me to not because some social media expert out there said, do a reel a day. And you fucking hate reels. If your insights say that, that means there's something you are doing on reels that is working, whether you hate it or not. So follow the data. But if your insights say posts are getting more reach than your reels, follow that data. Stop listening to everyone and listen to your fucking data. Sorry. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so fired up. I love it though that like before we hit record she was like can I swear and I was like hell yeah (laughs) gonna have to put explicit on this one (laughs) well I just like and I don't even know like it's not like I most of the people I do talk to are are game for listening to their data so I don't know why I got so fired up about that one (laughs) but you know what it's the biggest thing that I don't do Oh, like really? honestly, like yeah. when it comes to like, so maybe it was for me, that was totally for me, <laughs> Sophia, because like, when it comes to like the numbers and stuff like that, it's just not my forte. And I would ra- rather have D- like have DM conversations, create stories. Like I would rather go do create a podcast, like all that other sort of stuff. Yeah. But yeah, like it's one of those things that when it gets to that growth phase, you've got to look at your numbers, right? Like it's actually, otherwise you're wasting your time. And I think that, yeah, I needed to hear that just as much as I'm sure other people on the podcast needed to hear that too. So that's awesome. Okay, you're welcome. F on and all. (laughs) Is there anything else that you could think of? Because I I feel like we now are like stepping into this growth phase. So if the growth is a strategy, is there anything else you suggest that we need to be focusing on? The, the strategy behind growth is, is really just making sure you are in front of new audiences, right? So I think, I think the confusion around this is people don't know what that means, right? Because they think, but social, there's a lot of people on social media that I don't know. So isn't the fact that I just post, isn't that new audiences, right? You re- it's not the case, right? So for me, like when I post something, if I'm not getting shares on it, it's not in front of new audiences, 
right? Or if it's a real and it's because sometimes it's real. First of all, like in England, I, my insights are off, right? So it's like, I never on my reels can see if it's been shared, right? So that's when a reel is an example, I have to look at my insights, not just like my shares, right? So with that in mind, you literally, I, what I would be doing is I would brainstorm people that you can like collaborators, people that you have a like-minded audience with, that you guys are, are aligned. You're not selling the exact same thing. Although I have to say, I do collaborate with people where we sell the exact same thing, but it's just like, we come at it differently, right? So brainstorm, put a timer on your watch, five minutes where you do not judge anyone you put on your list. Think fucking big, right? Don't just think like, oh yeah, my neighbor who has seven followers. Like, yes, I'm, it's fine. I like go for the getting in front of the seven <laughs> followers, especially for practice. But I don't want you to just think small, like think big, like think the people that you would dream to be on their podcast. I actually think of this like creating, um, like, I don't know if this is the same in Australia, but like in the States, we, we applying for colleges is like a big thing, right? And we always have stretch schools and like likely schools and then safe schools, right? I kind of think of this list as that, like, who would you want to collaborate with? Have your, some stretch people, have some people you'll, they will probably say yes, and it'll be a big deal. And then some They'll definitely say yes because they're desperate. Like, <laughs> like have like kind of an array here. And the idea is how like literally jot down different ways you can collaborate with each person. I've mentioned a few, but I'll I'll do some more. The email swap is my favorite one. And that's literally like you have some pre-written copy and you send them a Google Doc and you're like, hey, do you want to do an email swap? You send them an email copy for your for your lead magnet, they send you theirs and you just send it to your list. Um, IG story swaps is a great one. Like if I wanted to share, you know, of course, like Christine with my audience, which PS, we should totally do this. Like I should go on Instagram story and I would say, Hey, you got to meet my friend, Christine. This is what she's going to help you do. Let me let her take it away. And she'll just introduce herself for one minute and share her lead magnet or direct people to a webinar. She's doing whatever the fuck she wants. Right. Um, also collaboration reels, like, holy crap. We have such great resources on Instagram right now. You can collaborate on a reel. You can even collaborate on a post where you share engagement, where you share everything on that post. It gets posted on both of your feeds. And it's such a great way to get in front of new people. Podcasts are an obvious one. Uh, pitch three times a week. You're probably going to get like one person or maybe two out of those to say yes. Understand how many you want to get every single month and, and then pitch. So it's like, for me, every time I pitch three times, I get like one or two yeses. So if I want two yeses a month, I'm going to, that's how I'm going to figure out how often I'm going to pitch to get the, the number of yeses that I need. Right. But you should be getting in front of at least two new audiences every single month. Right. I'm not saying they have to be big all the time, but that should be your goal if you want to grow. And guess what happens? You get on these, these operate like these opportunities with these new audiences. You send people back to your social media. You say, follow me at Sophia Para. Guess what, guys? You're gonna get a welcome DM from me. You're gonna pick a, a letter. I'm gonna direct you to my lead magnet. And guess what? You're probably gonna be in a sales conversation with me. I'm not saying I'm gonna sell to you, but I am saying it's very likely that I'm gonna show up and fucking help you because I care about you, right? And that's how you're gonna build a relationship with me. So anyone can do this, right? You can make a lot of money this way, um, even if you're not getting in yes. front of like millions of people every day. Love it. I just freaking love how unapologetic you are in the way that you're just like, yes, just bloody do it. Like it's literally like, stop making it so such a thing that you just go and do it already. Like it's just so I, sw I swear this is because I didn't sleep that well last night. I have a huge cup of coffee and I haven't like, had breakfast. I swear I'm like on drugs right now. I don't even realize. It's all good. I'm loving it. I'm loving every minute. Okay. So two more questions and then we better wrap this up. So I want to talk a little bit about the rejection piece that comes into play because I'm sure like, obviously you and I have both experienced workplaces or work roles where we experience rejection, right? and we learnt how to deal with the rejection. But I think that if people haven't had that experience, then coming onto socials and then putting themselves out there like that, dealing with the rejection can be a big fear. So how do you see the rejection? What's the mindset that you have around it and how do you deal with it? Wow, that is such a good question. I don't think I've ever been asked that before. And I should remind people, I do, I'm a, I'm a former actor. I got rejected many times every single day. So I, I have built a very thick skin to rejection, but I have to be honest, 
there's a very common quote and I hate to be like, so freaking, um, not the, what's, I don't know what the word cliche here, but there's a very common quote about redirection. Oh, sorry. Rejection, just being redirection. And I, I, I have always felt that even instinctually as an actor to be the case, because what happens so often is I would not get a role, but then that same casting director would call in a year and be like, you know what, you auditioned for this one thing a while ago, you weren't right for it, but I always remembered that audition. You're really good for this other thing. Do you want to come in and audition for it? And I maybe would book that, maybe I wouldn't, but the point is there was always an opportunity for the future, right? As long as I handled it right in the moment right? If I didn't take it as rejection, if I took it as feedback and, or simply believed them when they said it just wasn't the right time. Do you know what I mean? Cause sometimes we just choose not to believe, no, it's, it's, it's the right time. It's just me. Like you just like make it about us. If we choose to believe them. And also if we, if we truly believe, you know, that, in my opinion, I really do think timing is everything, right? Like even, even, even with my husband, like we broke up for two years. Right. And, and we got back together because timing is, there's so many, so many things play into rejection. As long as you don't take it personally and you handle in that moment, you know, you believe them and you, and you understand that it's setting you up for something later, mm. you know, or something better, even if it has nothing to do with that, it's a lesson learned so that you can be like set up for something else. If you truly believe that there is nothing to fear about rejection, you know, every single thing in my life, it's kind of interesting. I just realized this sitting here talking to you. In fact, every single thing in my life that I have right now is a result of some kind of rejection in the past. I didn't technically make it as an actor, right? Instead, I built a business, which PS so much better. (laughs) You know, my husband and I, like we, it was a mutual breakup, but I was very sad about it. Right. And we broke up for two years and found our way back. And now we've been married for seven years and we've been together for 10 years and have two dogs. And like, I'm so happy, you know, had we stayed together, had we fought through that horrible time we were in? we probably would have broken up, probably would have been bad and we would not be in each other's lives. But now I would have lost the most, the best person in my life had that happened. So all these things that are in my reality are because of some kind of a rejection in the past, mm-hmm. or some kind of a redirection. In the moment, it felt awful. But I have to say one thing I, I'm very good at is managing rejection and seeing it as redirection. And I, it is always a choice. You know, you can always choose to take, to take offense to rejection, or you can choose to, to not see it that way. And that is what is going to set you up for a true redirection and probably for something better. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree with you. I think that's a beautiful way to wrap things in a bow. So can you please let everyone know uh, how they can follow you and get your lead magnets? And also <laughs> tell us a little bit about um, what the heck to post. Cause I think like people really want to know about this. So tell us about what oh, the heck yes. to post. Oh my gosh. I love what the heck to post. It's like my favorite thing in the world. Um, so first I'll start with where to follow me. Um, I'm also so nervous that, that I'm like, you, they're going to come for the welcome to Yemen. I'm going to miss them or something. So hopefully that doesn't happen, but you can follow me at Sophia Para. It's just my name. Um, and yeah, I, that's where I like to hang out. So better not Facebook or anything like that. Instagram is where I'm at. And I, 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 you'll, you'll hear from me there. Um, and then what the heck to post is my membership where I help coaches get clients on social media. Um, it is such a goldmine. I have to say, I mean, on top of the fact that we share a weekly content schedule, so you always know exactly what the heck to post complete with templates and thorough prompts. I'm not like share your favorite color. Like I tell you what to say, not like how, how to say it. You, I help you develop your own voice around it, but I tell, I give you a content prompt and I share why this is important and the strategy behind it. Okay. So it's like, it's a very, a more in-depth way of, of prompting you. Right. But then we also have tons of training, like selling the DMS, the engagement class, the growth class. We have all kinds of classes in the library to help you up level your social media content plus a pitch database. So if you want to collaborate, We've got a ton of people in the pitch database that you can pitch to all kinds of ideas for collaboration. And we keep growing it. It's not just people in the membership in there. It's all kinds of people. Christine, I should actually add you to it if you're not in it already. Um, But it's just a great way to meet new people and collaborate and get in front of new audiences like we were talking about. 
Um, plus a hashtag calendar plus weekly problem or monthly problem solving calls with me and trainings. And it's only $63 and 99 cents a month. So there's just so much in there to help you, you know, get over whatever social media headache is keeping you stuck. Love it. And I just honestly, like, I love the fact that you're actually going, well, I'm not just going to tell you what to do. I'm going to tell you why. Like, I think that's super important because like you said, really early on is like, well, I'm a coach. So I'm going to teach you how to be self-resilient right? Self-independent rather than you relying on me all the time to give you the answers. You've got to actually have the answers yourself. And I love that you educate with that. It's awesome. Yeah. That's very, very important to me. I, I want to be clear with everything I do. Like at the end of the day, this is your business. And my objective is to empower you to make the decisions that are best for you. I give you the information, but I am never going to say this is the right way. This is the wrong way. Stop. Like, that's not what I do at all. Like I said, even with strategies, What I like to do is, okay, let's talk about what you're really good at, what you feel confident, like what you love doing. And let's build around that instead of saying, oh yeah, reels, do reels. Like that is never what you should do with anything, right? Like just because everyone's doing it doesn't mean you should be doing it. You really have to empower yourself to make the decisions that are best for you. Oh, absolutely agree. I think it's the same thing I often say to people is like, don't start a freaking podcast if you don't like to talk, like it's not going (laughs) to work for you. Yeah. <laughs> love it thank you so much for jumping on today and giving us all of your powerhouse rants like it honestly is just like bam 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 one after the other which is just awesome but so much value in the middle of it right like i think that's the that's the power of it is that you genuinely do want people to do well and you want to help people so you were so open in the way that you shared today so thank you so much oh thank you for having me that was so much fun and i hope everyone had their headphones in because your girl likes to swear <laughs> apparently <laughs> But thank you for having me. (laughs) Thank you for listening. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Next Level Life podcast. I'd love to hear any takeaways that you've had from today's episode. So please share with me on Instagram and Facebook. And if you feel so moved, please pass this episode on to any friends or family that you feel may benefit from it. Looking forward to speaking with you next week. And here's to taking your life to the next level.